Good morning. Good morning. My name is David Greenhaw, and I'm an ordained minister of the United Church of Christ, and I'm serving as the interim senior minister of this church, and I welcome you here today, and I welcome those who are joining us remotely as well. Uh, this is going to be a day. So uh, this is my colleague. What is your name, by the way? I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean, and it's my privilege to serve as your Minister for Congregational Care here at Naples United Church of Christ. And I have to take a moment of personal privilege. Those folks who look like wandering travelers who were in the center aisle a moment ago are my family. <laughs> um, my husband's aunt, Susie, is here with us today, and my parents, Kim and Jeff, and they just got back from walking 573 miles through Spain. Ooh. So if they look weary. <laughs> Amazing. So. Wow. so I'm glad to have them with us today. Um, and I want to extend a special welcome to our folks who are worshiping with us from Arbor Trace. We are so glad to have you. And so if you're in the sanctuary, I'd like to ask you to register your attendance with us. There are blue attendance pads at the end of your pews. Please take a moment to fill those out and pass them along to your neighbors so we know who's with us this morning. And if you're online, please go ahead and write where you're worshiping from in the comments section so we know that you're with us. And also while you're there, you can click on a PDF link to our bulletin so you can follow along in the service if you would like. So today is called Music Gift Fund Sunday, and if you're visiting with us, I just want to warn you, it's not like this every Sunday, uh, but I'm really glad you're here. Next week, though, I want to call your attention to, because next week is this, uh, All Saints Day worship service, and it is a tradition here, as in so many churches, to acknowledge and uh, those who have died in the last year. Um, there is a listing that is put together, and the deadline for getting names in that list is November 2nd, which is like Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. Be sure and get the names in. Help make sure they're spelled right. We'll work as hard as we can to do the same. But uh, if you'll have those available to the church office this week, uh, we will gather then next week, and uh, that will be part of our worship service next week. There is a lot going on in the life of our church, which you will see in your bulletin, so be sure to take them with you today. David and I just want to bring a few things to your attention. The first is um, the coming up this Friday called the U.S. Constitution and the First Amendment. It's this Friday um, starting at 2 p.m., and it will be taught by Lee Greenhaw. Here at our church, we know Lee as David's spouse, but she is incredibly accomplished in her own right as she's a professor of... Law. Politics and law. Okay. So um, she's a, a really intelligent, brilliant mind. So join us for the first of two classes that she's teaching this coming Friday. Great. That uh, listing of things that are going on is uh, uh, wanting the ink to dry from the hurricane so that it can be finished printing and sent to you. And it looks like this. And it's 32 pages with 90-some-odd things going on in it. And you, with a little luck, will get it this week. Uh, but if you don't get it this week, be sure and look at your bulletin and take your bulletin home with you today and study it and put it on the refrigerator. There's lots of stuff. But there's one thing I really want to call, two things I want to call your attention to. 
Uh, one is that uh, next Saturday, this the 5th of uh, November, right here in the sanctuary, uh, Dr. Becky and I are going to do a two-hour session on worship and learn about the organ and music and worship and how we prepare what we think, what goes on in worship, a, a reflection, interactive time for you to learn more about worship. So we hope you'll join us for that. Uh, uh, I have done some work on it. Becky has got it nailed, so you want to be sure and see what she uh, will lead us in next week. Uh, the other thing is many of you don't know this remarkable thing that's begun here in the church, and it's listed in the bulletin. It indicates that the congregation, through the uh, leadership of BOMO, uh, the Board of uh, uh, Mission and Outreach, every single time, the, uh, BOMO has worked for us to uh, work with Lutheran services and have a refugee family from Ukraine. And uh, this week, there's been a lot of work going on with that family. There's more to come. Um, it's, a, it's an extraordinary opportunity, and we hope that you will read about it, hear about it more. And on the 20th of November, in worship, we will have an opportunity to meet our refugee family. So uh, just uh, have those things in mind. Woo! A lot. It is. Let's worship. Let's worship. Um, let us prepare our hearts and mind for the worship of God. Come, you who love our church's music ministry. Come, you who are going to Guatemala. Come, you who have been here throughout the summer months. Come, you who are returning for the first time since the spring. Come, you who are worshiping with us for the first or second time. Come, you who are online and you who are in person. Let us worship our God together. And let us do so by standing in body or spirit as we join together in singing our opening hymn. I don't know about you, but I feel like I really need to pray right now. So let us center our hearts and minds in a spirit of prayer. Almighty God, the words to the hymn sum it up perfectly. How can we say thanks for the things you have done? This morning, we will hear a letter from the Apostle Paul in which he reminds the early Christians to always give thanks to you. We are called to do this because our faith is growing abundantly and because the love we have for each other is increasing. Apparently, it was hard for our religious forebearers to thank you because Paul acknowledges that they experienced persecutions and afflictions. It can be hard to say thanks when it feels like so much is going wrong. It can be hard to say thanks when we're grieving, when we're stressed, when we're worried, when we have been hurt, when we're tired of dealing with insurance companies, when the future is murky. It can be hard to say thanks when the world is at war, when financial markets are rocky and the political scene has devolved into nothing but mudslinging. It can be hard to say thanks to find you in the chaos. And yet the very act of gratitude, of finding something, even one tiny thing in our lives to be thankful for, it can draw us closer to you and the world around us. Thanking you can help us understand our reality through a more loving, a more kind, and a more faithful lens. Thank you, O God, for this congregation. 
which calls us together each week to worship you and be reminded of our calling as Christ followers, to thank you even when we struggle to find something to be thankful for. Tomorrow is Halloween, a day when strangers will come to our doors, beautiful, ugly, odd, or scary, and we will accept them without question. We will compliment them, and we will treat them with kindness, and we will give them good things. May we learn to do this every day of our lives, to treat everyone with kindness, even and especially those who don't fit in. At the end of the day, we are all just awkward middle schoolers trying to find our place. So may this church be that place for all of us who are seeking belonging. We thank you for this church, for all the children who will trick-or-treat tomorrow, for all that's going right, for our wonderful music ministry, for all those who support us when things aren't going right. Holy and gracious God, thank you. We continue our prayers now in the silence of our hearts as we listen to the prayer your son Jesus taught us. This morning's scripture reading comes from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and the text I'm going to read has a few more verses than the text that's in your bulletin, so I invite you to listen along to these sacred words. From Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians who belong to our Abba God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be yours from our Abba God and our Lord Jesus Christ. It's only right that we thank God unceasingly for you, sisters and brothers, because your faith grows more and more and your love for each other increases. So much so that in God's churches we boast about your perseverance and faith in the midst of all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. Knowing all this, we pray continually that God will make you worthy of the call, fulfill all your desires for goodness, and empower all your works of faith. In this way, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified in you, and in you, Christ, by the grace of our God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here ends this sacred reading. I had a student from Ghana who was elected to be the moderator of the large Presbyterian church in Ghana, Togo, and Cote d'Ivoire. That church elected him to be the head of the church, and the whole denomination gathered for an installation service in the city of Ho. And I was fortunate to be invited to preach at that service, which I did. The service began at 9 a.m. There was a harmaton, which is this storm, a windstorm that comes across the Sahara Desert, and it dries the air out so much that there's no sweat that ever hits your body. It does, and it's gone, just like that. I I preached at this service. I preached a, a good, long sermon, maybe 20 minutes. The service lasted from 9 until 3 in the afternoon. Six hours of worship, you would think, oh my goodness, it would kill you. But in fact, it was exciting. It was a wonderful service. And even though it went on for a long time, you didn't feel like you were there that long. It was in a space that was 
three times the size of this. No walls, just a, a pavilion sort of space. And there were all of these plastic, white plastic chairs like you get at Walmart. That's what everybody sat on, all stacked all around, people sitting in those chairs. And what took the most time were three offerings that they took. Talk about subtle. You didn't get it the first time, you come back a second and a third time they came for the offering. And the offering, each one took at least 45 minutes. But what was, ha- what was remarkable about it is that the people came forward for the offering. They didn't come forward. I've said that wrong. They danced forward, not maybe with jazz hands, but they, they danced forward to give the offering. And as they did, music just filled the space. People would sing an old familiar hymn, just somebody would start it out, or someone else would start to sing some other thing. And then what I remember most is that right back over there, some guy jumped up on one of those white chairs and pulled out a trumpet and started to play the trumpet along. And somebody over here grabbed a tambourine and they did it. And people just moved and swayed and came forward and brought their offerings forward. And what was remarkable is the way the music that they were playing took over the bodies of all the people, not just not just their voices, but their whole body was engaged in the music. Music does that, doesn't it? It, it takes us over. It, it, it moves us. I don't know about you, but I was tapping my foot along with that. Now, we're not quite Ghanaian. We're not going to dance our offerings forward, but music moves us physically, doesn't it? I... I I know that I have on more than one Sunday sitting right here listening to the music choked up just a little bit. It just, it moved me so much that I was quivering in my seat. The the incredible power of music to, to soar and to take you to unbelievable heights and to come right down where it actually is so gentle and tender. Music has this remarkable ability to to move us, to affect us, to unite us in a single voice for just a moment. Even though we're disparate as we are, we're pulled together for a moment. It's extraordinary, isn't it, music? You, You know... When people develop dementia or Alzheimer's, they start to forget all sorts of things. They forget the day of the week. They quickly forget the name of the president. Not such a big loss often. They forget so many things. They forget things. And then they forget the names of their own children and their grandchildren. But when you sing a song that they heard before, It's remarkable how frequently they sing along. Those songs have taken up residence in their bodies and have stayed with them. Music is extraordinary. The Apostle Paul visited the church at Thessalonica He's been known to visit them twice, at least maybe three times. One of the earliest churches near the border of Turkey, Thessalonica. He, he, 
He visited that church, founded that young congregation, and wrote to them about how their faith was growing, how, how they were doing well. Oh, they had a skirmish here. They had a problem there. But they were growing in faith. And he was very glad for that. And he, and he said that he did this thing. He, he said he boasted about them to others. He, he told others about the growth of their faith, the uniqueness of this community in Thessalonica, in his letter to the church in Thessalonica, to the Thessalonians. Paul writes and boasts for who they are. So I've been here for getting close to five months. And what's happened to me in these five months is I have been just completely taken away by the music of this congregation. I visit lots of congregations. I I visited hundreds of congregations in places like Ghana and like Topeka, Kansas. And I visited congregations that were big and small. And music is part of everyone's congregation. But few, no, I don't think any I've ever visited, can boast appropriately about the power of the music here. You know how it is. Blair played the flute today. She's been here several times. One or another, a cello, a violin, a a, a marimba, a a guitar. That's the first time for me this time we've had guitar. The piano. I I just have to say, I sit behind Sasha over here. And when I sit behind her, you don't get to see what I see. Sitting right here, when I look over at Sasha, I see the music she's playing. You've never seen more notes on a piece of paper in your life. I mean, there are more of them like crazy. And I've seen her hands just go like crazy. And as she does, it lifts me along. She's remarkable. And she's here. And Becky, you know, uh, every organist has to play with one hand, another, and with both their feet. You know, I don't know how they do it. Uh, it, it it's really incredible. And Becky is an amazing organist. But, but there's another thing she does. And again, you don't get to see it, but you feel it. Because I get to look at her as she stands here with the choir. And she does this thing. She, she directs the choir and as she does, she's drawing them out. She's, she's making motions to get them to see. Oh, and then she, she just pulls them out. So she's pulling out of their bodies sounds that come from them to you into your bodies. Music affects our bodies. We're embodied and transformed by music. And we are most fortunate here. We are blessed here and we can appropriately boast about the extraordinary music we have so you know they weren't subtle I'll get not be subtle of course (laughs) we have to support that but we put things money where things matter to us and for me and I know for so many of you this is music that matters. Paul ends this section in the letter to the Corinthians saying that he's always praying for them. 
always praying for them. Isn't it nice when there are people like you always praying for each other? Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, go forth this day in power and in peace. Go forth in the sure and certain knowledge that God, who is the creator of the ends of the earth, has called you by name and sent you forth. Go forth surrounded by the prayers of all the church. Go forth in the name of Christ. Amen.